What do werewolves, ghosts, and fashionably dressed vampires have to do with parasols? Stay tuned to find out on this episode of Lasers and Lockets, the podcast all about awesome female characters in science fiction and fantasy entertainment. I'm Lee, your host, and this is episode 13. Let's cue the news. News. A quick reminder, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio, so take a moment to subscribe to it on your favorite podcatcher app if you want to get the latest episodes as they drop. You can also find all episodes at our website, www.lasersandlocketspod.com. In nerdy news, DC's Birds of Prey film has found its Huntress and Black Canary castings. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World fame, will be playing Huntress, and Journey Smollett-Bell, from Friday Night Lights, will be playing Black Canary. Not much else has been revealed about the film, other than who is directing, and a tentative release date in 2020. It could be one to watch out for. If you haven't heard yet, Netflix is releasing a new Sabrina the Teenage Witch series on October 26th called The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. If you're expecting the light and charming series of the 90s, you will be sorely disappointed. The trailer for the series looks like something straight out of The Exorcist, and will be exceedingly more dark and disturbing than Melissa Joan Hart's portrayal. The show will star Kiernan Shipka as Sabrina, and it comes from the Riverdale showrunner, so you know it's going to have a little bit of that darkness in it. I will probably give it a try, but I don't do too well with horror shows or films, so it may not be for me. What do you guys think? Are you going to give it a try? Lastly, at New York Comic Con, Marvel announced a solo Black Widow comic and a number of other female-led comic books coming soon. I was so excited to hear about all these books, and I am really impressed with Marvel's desire to put more awesome female characters in the spotlight. I know I'll be frequenting my local comic store to keep up on the latest releases. You can find links to all these stories in the show notes. Let's go ahead and get on with the show. Before we dive into the main segment for this episode, I wanted to add a character of the week segment. I thought it would be a lot of fun. If you're interested in this character of the week segment, please let me know and nominate some outstanding female characters you'd be interested in seeing spotlighted in our next episode over on our Twitter at Lasers Lockets, in our Discord channel, or on the Contact Us form on the website. The link will be in the show notes. This week's character is not a surprise if you've been keeping up with popular sci-fi news. Doctor Who returned for its 11th season on Sunday with our first female Doctor, and let me tell you, she was awesome. I have my DVR set for all future episodes, and I cannot wait to do an episode dedicated solely to her and the brave Doctor Who companions over the years. I know we've only had one episode with Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor, But one was enough to get me hooked on this series again, and I am all in, people. All in. Her first line after being informed she was a woman was, I am? Does it suit me? And I clapped. It was one of the funniest lines. She was witty and charming and compassionate and freaking made her own sonic screwdriver. I just, I just can't even. Anyway, because of all these things, our first character of the week is... The Doctor, played by Jodie Whittaker. Now, if you think back to the teaser at the beginning of the episode, 
Today's episode is going to be a little different than my previous episodes, and I'd love to hear your feedback and if you'd be interested in me doing additional episodes like this in the same vein. As I considered what to do this episode about, I really just wanted to talk about one of my favorite book series. Now, I consider books to be a form of entertainment. I don't know if everyone else will agree with that, but that's how I feel, and this is my podcast, so we're going to do it. Books have always been a huge part of my life, and I love to escape into great series or just a great book. I did it with Harry Potter. I did it with C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy. I did it with H.G. Wells' novels. I did it with The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So many other book series. Then I found this incredibly talented and fun author called Gail Carriger one day while I was wandering aimlessly through the science fiction and fantasy section of my local Barnes and Noble store. I affectionately refer to it as Barnes and Nobes, or the mothership. The boxed set was sitting there, all perfect, with bright colored spines and compelling art on the box. The art on the box was almost sort of a graphic novel style, and it sort of drew me in. I picked it up carefully, and I read the back of the box. A series about a woman set in Victorian era who kills a vampire? Sign me up. Yes, I did judge a book series by its cover this time, and I was so glad that I did. First, I wanted to dive into a discussion about the author, Gail Carriger, because the only way I can describe this woman is fabulous. I think her website's bio sums her up perfectly. Quote, New York Times bestselling author and ex-archaeologist Gail G.L. Carriger writes to cope with being raised in obscurity by an expatriate Brit and an incurable curmudgeon. She escaped small-town life and inadvertently acquired several degrees in higher learning, a fondness of cephalopods, and a chronic tea habit. She then traveled the historic cities of Europe, subsisting entirely on biscuits secreted in her handbag. Close quote. I just loved the way they describe that. And on her website, she has three different bios. She has a really simple bio, a little bit more meat with a lot of accolades because she is an award-winning author, let's be honest. But then there's a really long description of of a lot of her um, accolades as well as a lot of her background and things. Uh, So it's definitely an interesting read. Gail actually has degrees in archaeology and anthropology, and I think those degrees strongly benefit her writing style. You can see her intelligence and expertise come through in historical details throughout the books and series. Gail has two adult series right now, The Parasol Protectorate and The Custard Protocol, and one young adult series called Finishing School. Miss Gale looks exactly as one might imagine a Victorian steampunk fantasy author to look. She wears adorable dresses with charming accessories, bold and feminine glasses, and she can often be found with a teacup. She also has a cat named Lilliput, I believe, and uh, you'll just have to read a little bit more about her on, uh, on her website. I've seen several interviews with her, and she is every bit as charming and awkward, and weird. And I mean that in the most endearing way, because we're all a little weird, and I love it when I find somebody else who is equally as weird as I am, Um, as you would expect. I'd encourage you to check out her website if you want to learn more about her. 
I find her absolutely fascinating and I hope to be able to one day interview her. I'll leave a link to her website in the show notes. All right, back to my story. The series I had picked up was called The Parasol Protectorate. It chronicles the adventures of Alexia Terabody, a soulless spinster living in Victorian London. The series is written in a steampunk fantasy uh, comedy of manner style. And in fact, I believe all of her series follow a similar, a similar style. This was exactly the series that I was looking for at the time, and I didn't even know it. Now, to be honest, when I first picked up the, the very first book, which is called Solace, it took me a while to get into it. And maybe it was just the, the way I was feeling at the time when I first picked it up or what was going on, but I put it down for a while, a couple of months, I have to admit. And then I picked it up again one night and I devoured it. I read it within about two nights and it was so, so well written. The characters are rich and you feel like you're just dumped right into this Victorian world. The historical details are absolutely fascinating. This is an alt history type of series, yes, but Gail is so meticulous about historical details that this is not so much um, changing the way that events happened in history, but it's kind of dumping you into this supernatural world with vampires and ghosts and werewolves that run and rule London. But a lot of the other historical details are excellent. And that made it really appealing to me as somebody who loves history. So as an alt history book, and as an alt history series, this is absolutely fascinating. Now, the characters, like I said before, are so rich and wonderful, and I have so much fun reading them. You feel like you become friends with them, especially Alexia and uh, a lot of the other characters like Connell and uh, the even her family is just absolutely fascinating. You can picture people like these characters in real life and they're they're every bit as wild and also fascinating um, as people would be in real life so I absolutely adore that. Now by nature of her character Alexia is a super fascinating character because she is soulless. This means that again she doesn't have a soul but it doesn't mean that she is an evil person or that she's um, that there's something seriously wrong with her. What it actually means in the series is that um, supernatural creatures don't have any effect on her. So um, vampires can't charm their way with her. Werewolves, you know, various different. So if, if a werewolf touches her, it's uh, it doesn't have the same effect. A vampire can touch her and they turn back almost into a human. The fangs disappear. It's really fascinating. So we're brought into the story of Alexia Terabody uh, because she is a spinster and uh, she's very outspoken. She's very intelligent. She's well-read. Uh, and we're brought into the story with her because she accidentally kills a vampire and it was, but he was really just so rude because he attacked her while she was just trying to hide at a party. Um, anyway, but it, it really speaks to the character of Alexia. She is so headstrong and brave and, uh, and really outspoken. And I kind of, I just fell in love with the character. She was so charming. And the friends that she makes through the whole series and the friends that she's with in the series, 
are just a lot of really interesting characters. There's um, a very fascinating French inventor. There's a werewolf um, who plays a large part in the series. And uh, there's a really old eccentric vampire who um, is one of her best friends. And I love the relationship between the different characters. And I love that Gail sort of makes the relationships as normal as possible within the the supernatural and steampunk um, framework, which is a lot of fun. Uh, the other really fascinating thing about it is the fact that it's a comedy of manners. Uh, if you're not familiar with what a comedy of manners is, it's basically, um, how's the best way to describe this? Well, let's just look at it uh, from the dictionary definition. A comedy of manners is a comedy that satires behavior in a particular social group, especially the upper classes. I feel like that definitely describes Alexia's family because they're they're upper class, but they also are a bit of a social climbing sort of family, which is kind of fascinating. The mother and the stepsisters. Sorry, I guess they're half sisters, not stepsisters. Sorry, the half the half sisters. Um and the family are constantly climbing, but they're wealthy enough to have a, a butler and, and various other things. And uh, her mother is constantly trying to get her to fit into the society. And uh, I think that's one thing that I really love about Alexia is she doesn't really fit into the society, but she finds her own place and she becomes who she wants to be, um, which is an, was a really cool uh, thing about the character. I think that Alexia is an excellent role model uh, as far as characters go because she isn't afraid to speak her mind. She's willing to stand up to people. She's not going to allow somebody to push her around, whether they be a vampire or a werewolf or a ghost or whatever it may be. Now, Alexia is super helpful with various paranormal agencies in uh, London and around England because of her unique ability to counteract the effects of supernatural things like ghosts and werewolves and vampires. Um, I love her interactions with Lord, I don't know how exactly to say his name, it's like Akeldama or Alkadama, I don't know. But he uh, he's her really eccentric vampire friend. And uh, he loves to touch her just so that his vampireness goes away for a while. It's almost like it's a relief to him. Now, Alexia has a really fascinating friendship, relationship, whatever you want to say it is, uh, with the French woman, Madame Lafoe. And Madame Lafoe is an inventor and a super fascinating character. You learn a lot more about her as you get further into the series. But uh, suffice it to say that they have a really uh, symbiotic friendship relationship. And uh, I love the kinds of things that Madame Lafoe comes up with for Alexia. And uh, yeah, you'll just have to read in order to learn more a bit more about those. But it is so much fun for the, the relationship between those those two characters. The series uh, is also a romance series, so you're going to encounter some love scenes, romantic scenes in it. Um, so the, the series, uh, Gail herself says that the parasol protectorate and the custard protocol, those are probably good for people that are 14 and older. Um, I may even hesitate a little bit at the 14 year age. I might bump that up to about 16 years old. But um, 
you of course can use your your discretion there. But I love that it it's just such a fun series to go into. It is action-packed. It You just sort of dive right into everything that's going on. And uh, I think that really helps you to just devour the series. There are five books in the Parasol Protectorate. There is Soulless, Changeless, Blameless, Heartless, and Timeless. So, and that's the order you should read them in. Now, uh, the, the series covers about the 1870s to the 1880s, um, in case you were wondering about the the historical time period that it's covering. Chronologically, this series go, uh, the first one is The Finishing School, and that covers the 1850s to the 1860s. And then there's The Parasol Protectorate, which is the 1870s to the 1880s. And then The Custard Protocol is in the 1890s. If you're wondering how to read the books, though, um, should you read them in chronological order? Should you read them in a different order? Uh, there are two schools of thought on that. The first one is actually Gail Carriger's definitive book reading order, um, it, which is listed on her website. But basically, she has a, a short story first that's called The Curious Case. And she suggests that first, then the Finishing School series, then the Delightfully Deadly Novellas. Uh, so she's written some short stories and some novellas, so to keep that in mind. Then she says The Parasol Protectorate, Romancing the Inventor novella, and then the first two Custard Protocol books, and then Romancing the Werewolf novella, the Claw and Courtship novella, and then the uh, remaining Custard Protocol books. And those are ongoing, so they haven't yet been finished as far as I know. And then after that, um, then you move into the San Andreas Shifter series, which is a, a newer series that she's working on. And I don't know much about it, um, but I have heard a lot about the Parasol Protectorate, the Custard Protocol, and the Finishing School. So those are the main ones that I'm going to reference. Now, that's one school of thought. But not everybody agrees. And in fact, a lot of the fans believe that you should read them in the order that they were published, not the chronological order. So that means that you should read the Parasol Protectorate first, then the Finishing School, then Delightfully Deadly, then the Custard Protocol books, then Supernatural Society, Claw and Courtship, San Andreas Shifters, and Tinkered Stars. It just kind of goes in a little bit of a different order. It's really up to you, but if you read Soulless first, you should go in the order of the fans, not in the order of, not the chronological order. Because I've heard that there are some things in the Finishing School series that weirdly spoil the uh, events that happen in Parasol Protectorate, even though chronologically finishing school comes earlier than Parasol Protectorate. It's all very confusing, but uh, just keep in mind that if you want to just go ahead and start with the Parasol Protectorate first, that's okay too. And that's what I did. Um, and it just, I just have to say, I loved it. And it was such a great series. I've devoured it a couple of times now. And anytime I'm feeling down or I feel like I need to pick me up, that is usually the series that I go to. Of note, if you're into graphic novels or manga, Solace 
Changeless and Blameless were made into graphic novels. So if you'd be interested in seeing those in graphic novel form, you can find those on Amazon, I believe, or at your local bookstore. Um, so definitely take a look at that and see if that's something you'd be interested in as far as if you're into that kind of graphic novels, those sort of things. I haven't yet read them as a graphic novel. Honestly, I often prefer um, making up the image of what I'm reading in my mind. I don't know if that sounds weird. It probably does a little bit, but I like to imagine and use my creativity to come up with what the characters look like and the world that they live in, what they look like. And sometimes graphic novels and also movies kind of ruin that for me. Um, that was the case with Harry Potter. I kind of had in my mind what these characters looked like. And then when I saw them in the movies, Honestly, they were pretty close to what I was imagining. There were some differences, but uh, it's it's kind of interesting. Some people love it. Some people hate it. I'm not a huge fan, uh, but just keep that in mind that if you are into graphic novels, there are a few of the, of the Parasol Protector in graphic novel format. All right, that brings us to the recommendations for this episode. As you can guess, I'm going to recommend you pick up the Parasol Protectorate series either in your local bookstore, on Amazon, or on Audible. You will be brought into a fantastic world of character-driven stories, strong women conquering adventures, and werewolves, ghosts, and vampires, oh my. From there, branch out and read Finishing School, The Custard Protocol, and Gail's other works. Her prose really does weave laugh-out-loud humor with compelling stories, romance, characters, and history to make one hell of a world to escape into. That brings us to the question of the episode, gentle listener. What is your favorite book series to escape into when you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed? Tweet us your answers, share them over on Discord, or send them through the Contact Us form on our website. Again, links will be in the show notes. That will do it for another episode of Lasers and Lockets. We'll see you back here in two weeks. Until then, do try to avoid those pesky vampires the next time you hide in a library away from a dreadfully dull party. Get your nerd on and be awesome. All right.